Welcome to Cover 3, you, the college football degenerates. We are back, and it's time for some rival matchups here in college football. It is Wednesday, November 27th at approximately 326. Before we start this podcast, here, the college football degenerates would like to ask you to review and subscribe to our podcast on any of the podcast uh, subscription services you use. Uh, be sure to rate us, like us, whether you hate us, love us. Any publicity is good publicity at this point, considering we probably got like 10 listeners. <laughs> but definitely get down there and uh, rate us before you uh, and subscribe before you continue on this podcast. Patrick, how are we doing? Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Doing well. Happy Thanksgiving. We may have to Done cha- with work for the week, so fucking A. Cracked open a beer. Ready to rock and roll with yeah, this podcast. Yeah, I came down here and you were already rolling. Um, <laughs> we may have to change this podcast to cover two. Because we're once again without Philip, yeah. the Michigan Wolverine fan. I don't know. He claims he's busy. I'll show you what busy is. <laughs> Let me give you two children. I don't know about cover two. I don't like that soft defense. Yeah, we'll stick with soft cover defense. three. Yeah. Blitz heavy? You don't Blitz like heavy? Blitz heavy? Yeah, I guess we could. Anyways. Cover zero. Just cover- fucking bring everybody. <laughs> Go on defense. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, we'll stick with cover three. You for now. The college football degenerates. <laughs> No, we hope Phil's going to be back for our uh, postseason uh, wrap-up, and, and we're going to do every bowl game. Uh, we'll talk about every bowl game, and uh, we'll try and do something for conference championship week as well. So hopefully Phil can make those two. Yeah, I'm thinking we'll have two or three more recordings for the season, one for conference championship weekend, and then maybe one to two podcasts for the bowl games. But uh, – before we get started, let's review last week and, and how we all did on, on wagers. I'm Jameson, your Hokie fan, and once again, this is Pat, your Irish fan, and we're without Phil, the Wolverine fan. But uh, Phil, the Wolverine fan, went 2-2 two and two last week. So after, after having uh, you know some weeks where he was struggling, being below 500, he started to creep back up. That puts him at 69-67 and 67 for the season. That puts him in second place for the year. Uh, I went, after being red hot, I've kind of taken a couple weeks in a row where I've gone backwards. I went 2-3 and three last week. Not terrible. I'm still your overall leader at 81 wins, 62 losses, 2 pushes. Still pretty good. Yeah, it's very good. But you, my friend, win for the second, second week in a row. Uh, you went 4-2, and two, so you got a couple of uh, Ws. Yeah, you know, just creeping up the, you know, it's a little late. Yeah, you need to, I, if I were you, I would start trying to make as many bets as possible. And if you're trying to catch up, or if you're just trying to not lose any more money, maybe this is eh. the route to go. But you're you're 66 and 84, 66 and wins, 84 losses and two pushes. So, but where I was to where I am, it, it, it's been ebbs and flows this this whole season. I started out like a fucking rocket ship, and then it turned into the Challenger. Yeah, well, but anyway, um, <laughs> so let's recap last week. Let's recap week 13 before we dive into some big rivalry matchups here in college football uh, before we head into the conference championship weekend. A lot on the line this week in college football, but let's do a brief recap. Mm-hmm. Your Irish team, you, you baited me into taking Boston College against your Irish. <laughs> I've never been so bait, baited so hard on this freaking podcast, and I was. I did take BC, and, and I said – if for somehow if Boston College can complete a couple of like downfield passes of 20, 30 yards plus and open up the box for A.J. Dillon to get going, they could slow down the game and keep it within 20. They did not do that. They completed one pass down the field. Listen to this stat. 
They completed one pass down the field. It was like for 40-some yards or something like that. It was a great catch. Boston College ended up scoring going up 7-6. to six. But throughout the rest of the game, and even prior to that, so you take that one play out of the equation. They held A.J. Dillon to right around 50 yards rushing. 52. They held him to 52 yards. That and that's front, what you got to do. That front seven is nasty. And then but they, were, they averaged, outside of that, they averaged less than two yards a play. Boston yeah. College did outside yeah, of that 40-yard. So that's not going to cut it. And, and Book had another big day. Um, they they boxed it up and, and shut down A.J. Dillon. And, you know, I, I thought maybe they could – I knew they have like a, a high school quarterback back there. Boston mm-hmm. College did since Brown is out for the year. And I just thought maybe if he could open it up a little bit, that receiver for Boston College – Zay J or whatever his name is. I thought he would have a bigger day to open up the the Notre Dame defense. It didn't happen. So good win for Notre Dame. Um, what other games you want to talk about? How about Oregon losing? That really mixes things up with the whole playoff deal. And, you know, you'd think that, you know, a team like Alabama would get penalized for playing Western Carolina in late November, but of course they don't. You know, I I – I don't know what you feel about this, but do you think, just think about this, do you think that there is a bias towards the SEC? Oh, I, I think if, dude, I think as, unless you're an SEC fan mm-hmm. or a fan of a team in the SEC, I think your thought has to be that. Yeah. And I think that it's a fact. I think it's, almost, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that no matter what happens the rest of this year, you're going to see two SEC teams in the Final Four. I, you may be right, and you may be right. But look, if Utah, Utah wins big, so let's talk about the Pac-12. I think yeah. the Pac-12 is the key. I think the Pac-12 is getting fucked. If you want well, my the, honest opinion, if if two SEC teams are not going to get in the college football playoff, it's gonna it's gonna it's up to Utah for that to not happen. And possibly Oklahoma. So Oregon loses to Arizona State, 38, 31 to twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Herm Edwards doing a good job with the Sun Devils. Yep. Utah, on the other hand. Took care of business, won thirty-five to seven against Arizona. Big win. Herbert, I think it's Justin kind of Herbert looked terrible in that game against and, Arizona State. I stayed up and watched a pretty good bit of that. I was a little drunk, but I mean, I didn't watch it. it. It kind of makes me wonder how Utah lost to USC. To be honest with you, they have a great defense, a defense that the Pac-12 is not used to USC, seeing. USC, though, I mean, that's the thing. I think the Pac-12 is pretty deep. Like, I think they have a lot of pretty good teams. Yeah, and USC, I mean. I mean, they're ranked at this point. I mean, they, yeah, my they point throw is, the ball around. My, my point is, Patrick, is Utah's a college football playoff team, like, by far. They, they I would thir- agree. They I won 35-7 to seven against Arizona State. Zach Moss, they rushed for 200 yards, 203 yards in that game. And then you put that along with their dominant defense. Utah's playing non-Pac-12 type football in the Pac-12, and I think it's catching all the teams in the Pac-12 off guard with this It's, great a, it's almost as if they're, they're taking the old Stanford model. Yeah, from, from I back agree. In the, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Where yeah. they had you know Christian McCaffrey and Bryce Love and those guys. Sure. Um, and a solid defense with good yep. coaching uh, with when Harbaugh was there. So, and, he, and even now, David Shaw. I mean, Stanford's down a little bit right now, but they're going to be back. So, back to my point. Mm-hmm. In order for SEC not to have two playoff teams, I think Utah needs to win out. They need to be Oregon in the uh, Pac-12 championship. If they do that, you have to take 
Utah into the college football playoff, and that would essentially lie. I, I would say yes, you have to, but here, here's the kind of things that you hear coming out of the committee, right? Is, okay, Utah, you hear about their resume. They don't talk about Alabama's resume. They talk about their eye test. Yeah, I know. You know, and, and that's what it, – it's so subjective. I'm, I'm not going to waste <laughs> much of this podcast on Alabama. I'm just not because they get enough publicity out there. We, so, we all know what Alabama but that's is. But that's my point is I think there's a built-in bias, and I'll just leave it at that. So, so. But, yeah, if Utah doesn't take care of business and win the Pac-12, I think Annette, two SEC teams would definitely be in. Um I don't think even if Oklahoma wins out, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to show some improvement on the defensive side of the ball. They're gonna have to like win a clean game. I mean, they have they have escaped some matchups in the Big Twelve this year. Um, you know, Jalen. Think, think about this scenario for a second. Right, you have Oklahoma loses one of their final two. Right, Utah loses one of their final two. LSU and Georgia both meet in the SEC championship game. Georgia beats LSU. You could possibly have three SEC teams in the you could. final four. You could. I better and then not see this. It would be this. a rapid expansion to eight, and I'd be all for it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think Utah's going to take care of business. I, I think so too, and I hope I, so. And I hope Utah's in there because they deserve it. So you know that kind of recaps the Pac-12. Oregon goes down. Utah wins big and uh, runs the ball impressively with that solid defense, and then USC. You know, they're kind of hanging around. They're another good Pac-12 team. There's three really solid teams in the Pac-12. And then a couple of teams who can beat anybody on any given day if if they're coached upright, such as Arizona State, uh, Washington. I like those teams. but And even Washington State and Oregon State. Oregon State's yeah, on the I mean, rise they can, a little bit, too. They, they, they can, can score points. Yeah, it's funny. You're, hi- you're, you're, you're hyping up Washington State, who's 6-5, and five, and Washington, who's 6-5, and five, and Arizona State who's six and five, mm-hmm. and they're beating up on each other, and you're telling me how good they are, and the ACC no, just, Coastal's doing the same thing, and you're telling me how bad the ACC Coastal is. So it's kind of like... Well, I, the thing is, I just watch the games, and I feel like they're just better teams. Sure. Um, I disagree to some degree. Yeah. And let me tell you why. Let's talk about the ACC matchups a little bit. UVA covered. We didn't think they would. They took care of business. They yep. came out shaky in that first half. It's, mm-hmm. It was funny. I was at a bar for the Virginia Tech game. Before the Virginia Tech game, at Virginia Tech, because it was raining and we didn't want to tell you it outside. And the bar was going crazy when Liberty was scoring and hanging in there. It was funny. But ultimately, UVA is a really good football team, and they took care of business, and they covered. So they surprised me. They're coming in a little bit more uh, ready to go in this Commonwealth Cup matchup against Virginia Tech than I was anticipating. So UVA wins big. I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be I a really great do. game. And then Virginia Tech shuts out a team for the second week in a row, 28 to nothing. And that Bud Foster defense, this looks like old-school Virginia Tech defense. They're strong. They're, uh, they got, a, in my opinion, an All-American, not an All-ACC, an All-American defensive back in Caleb Farley. Um, they got the best linebacker, probably another All-American at linebacker with Rayshard Ashby. He's been ACC linebacker, linebacker of the week like five times this year. And they're I, just shutting. And that's the it's only one, reason. It's one of the most incredible stories, if you will, of this it's particular incredible. college football season is where Virginia Tech was and where they are now. They're hot. Now they're ranked. And, and, and Pitt's a good football team. Pitt's really bad offensively, but I tell you what, I watch that defense live. Pitt's defense is good. Oh, yeah, they're, they're strong. They oh, yeah, they're really hard. Good. Um, they, they play hard. I'm not a big Pat Narduzzi I would guy, love but... to see a 
Pitt versus Washington matchup or a Pitt versus Arizona State matchup. That would be a great football game, and we may see some type of matchup. I think a Pitt versus Arizona State would be like the ideal matchup. Oh, man, it would be fun. There might not be a lot of points scored, but it would be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what I'm kind of getting at. It's just these ACC Coastal teams are beating up on each other in a different way that those Pac-12 teams are. But the Hokies are going to face UVA for that Coastal Division crown on Saturday. Um, Any other – before we head into that game and many more here on – Week 14 of the college football season. Is there any other games you want to touch base on? Should we talk about Phil's Michigan Wolverines? I mean, they they blew the doors off of Indiana. That that was like the ultimate trap game. You know, before you go to Ohio State, or before, excuse me, Ohio State comes to them this weekend. And uh, Michigan's taking care of business. They're pitching around the yard. They're not running the ball quite as effectively as they have, you know, in other games throughout the year. But, you know, damn good team. And uh, I think Ohio State's going to get a run for their money this weekend. Absolutely. And then in the SEC, one more thing before we dive into week 14, we'll chat a little bit about the SEC. Georgia took care the only we'll only talk about two games because there's only like two games. There was only two where they weren't playing FCS opponents. Or three if you count Tennessee, Missouri, but we won't. No one cares about them. Uh, you had a, you had a Texas A&M lose to Georgia. Georgia continues to take care of business. They win 19 to 13. That offense needs some work for Georgia. They're just slow. They're good. They have talent. I, just... I I have a feel. I mean, that Georgia defense is freaking awesome. I still, in my opinion, I think it's the best defense in the land. And I think maybe that's why but... their offense is slow. They do that on purpose to rest up their defense because they know nobody can store, score on them. So they're content with winning games by you know seven. I, I think 10 their points. biggest problem with offense is just the lack of skill out on the perimeter. At wide receiver, I think that's a big problem for for Georgia. I think they're going to be able to move the ball and score easily this week against Georgia Tech, but and I think they're going to be able to to score some points against LSU's defense. But I think you're right. I mean, I to a certain degree, I think that's the way Kirby Smart likes to play it. But he's going to have to open it up against LSU, or they're going to get the doors blown off of them. Yeah. So you know, and then. Um... LSU took care of business against Arkansas. By, they won by like 20-plus points. So, you know, that pretty much summarizes the week. And now we're setting up with a little – Well, f- let's talk real quick before we move on. Oklahoma, the cardiac kids. Yeah, I, I'm i beginning to think Oklahoma is a little bit of uh, – I don't want – overrated is not the word. Yeah, overrated. They're a weird team. They're, they're hard to figure out, in my opinion. They um, – I don't think they would do well in the playoff. I no. think they would win or they would lose in the semifinal matchup, whoever they played out of those other teams that are currently in the top four. Mm-hmm. I think they would lose to any of those teams fairly easily. A mm-hmm. uh, couple possessions. I, I just don't think they're they're weird. They have no defense. They edge out TCU. Here's, here's the games that they've won by four points or less. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. TCU. Baylor, Iowa State, they beat Can or they lost to Kansas State. So mm-hmm. there's three games they won by four or less, and then there's a loss to Kansas State. And then I think that's it. I mean, even Texas, they only won by seven. Mm-hmm. So a lot of one possession. And wins. I think we've seen what Texas is. Yeah. I mean Kansas, they won by twenty five, but it was a ball game for a whole half. Right. So I don't know. Oklahoma, I don't think they're a playoff. Team, I don't. I don't. I completely. And that agree. goes back to your point. Like, yeah. 
I do think Oklahoma will get snubbed, even if all the right things happens, if they do not beat Oklahoma State and win the Big 12. Convincingly. Convincingly. Like, with, like, I'm talking showing major improvements on the defensive side of the ball and showing major improvements on taking care of the ball and controlling a football game. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a fumbling machine. Yeah. But anyways, that that was kind of a brief recap. Let's take a quick break. And this lines up for a very fun-filled Friday and Saturday of college football. We got a lot of games on on the docket. Rivalry matchups, a lot on the line. So we'll talk about that here on Cover 3U, and we'll play some wagers as well. The College Football Degenerates will be right back. Okay, we're back here at Cover 3U, the College Football Degenerates, and we are ready to play some wagers against one another. Did Phil send you his picks there, Patrick? Yeah, he did. I got them all written down. We're ready oh, to rock Oh, I see him there. He has a good bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a total of 11 games well, that he has interest in. Hopefully we'll see how many. Uh, he gets we'll see action. if we bite on any of those, right? So we're started off with a rivalry matchup. Yeah. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot of those this week. Ole Miss at Mississippi State. We're gonna start off with all the Friday games here on this Thanksgiving weekend. Ole Miss goes to Mississippi State in the egg bowl. Mississippi State favored by two and a half. Both teams have really underperformed. Um have really not met the expectations or hopes that they would have. Mississippi State still Playing for a bowl game here. They're five and six. They need this win to be bowl eligible. Meanwhile, Ole Miss is four and seven. This is the last game of the year. Yeah. Uh, so who do you have? Mississippi State's favored by two and a half. I'm leaning Mississippi State. Um, Give me Mississippi State just because it's at home. I think both teams are doo-doo. Yeah. And I think Ole Miss can't run the ball like they were hoping they were going to be able to do this year. Scotty Phillips is essentially not playing anymore for them. He really screwed me in fantasy. Um, <laughs> I got Mississippi State. I like how you touch on at least a smidge of, fan, of your fantasy team. Both of my – fan. I had a terrible fantasy year. Um, we won't talk about that. Just uh, I had multiple players who did not meet expectations this year in college football, Scotty Phillips being one of them, the running back for Old Miss, and then Adrian Martinez, the quarterback yeah. for Nebraska. Yeah, was you got – those were your top, what, two picks? Yeah, uh, top, top two. two of the top three or four, yeah. yeah. Um, but – Anyways, I think Mississippi State uh, is coming around. They have a really good running back in Kylan Hill. He has mm-hmm. over 1,200 rushing yards already. Yep. Uh, so I think Mississippi State has the better running attack, a um, little better defense. Give me Miss State. I'm right there with you. Phil has no action. All right, moving on. Texas Tech goes to Texas. Texas is favored by 9.5. Everybody was going on about how Texas could be back. <laughs> And they're not bad, but they're not back. Um, and they are favored by nine and a half against Texas Tech, who's done a lot better with that. They were, a top, they were a top 10 team ranked at the beginning of this year, and now they are. Who, Texas? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're six and five. Yeah. I do yeah. like uh, Texas Tech's quarterback play ever since they've uh, switched our quarterbacks, not by choice. I think they, they switched it out based on the fact of due to injuries. Um, they have a better quarterback now, uh, kind of running the show. They lost by three against Kansas State last week. They lost by two against TCU the week before that. So they've lost some close matchups. I I don't know, man. I, I kind of want to take Texas Tech to keep it within nine and a half. I'm there with you. I would take Texas Tech all day long. Does Phil have Texas? I'm surprised nobody. No. Nothing. I like Texas Tech to cover there. Um, you know, 
they're four and seven, but they've lost a lot of games by a couple, just by a couple points ever since uh, they switched out that quarterback. Now you got Duffy back there for Texas Tech. He hasn't played the whole year, and he already has 24 yards, 2,400 yards passing. So, mm-hmm. anyway, we'll move on. No action there. So, no action early. Now we have Iowa against Nebraska, and Iowa is only favored by five and a half. Give me the Hawkeyes. Yeah, give me the Hawkeyes as well. Nebraska. Still has the Hawkeyes. So, no action. No action. I think that might be a lock. Five and a half? Yeah, Iowa's defense is so good. And meanwhile, Nebraska has yet to figure out their identity. Mm hmm. Because I tell you what, Frost did not get the Adrian Martinez he was hoping for, a running back who can run and throw. Nope. So we all like Iowa there. So, you know, there's three games into Black Friday with no action. How about this one? Huge game in the American. Cincinnati at Memphis. Memphis is favored by 11. Double digits. You love the American Conference. I think there's way too many teams ranked in that conference. Give me Memphis. The cover easily. I think Cincinnati should not be ranked. They only have one loss, but man, they have almost that lost. That one loss was to Ohio State on the road. True, but they won a dogfight against East Carolina earlier this year. Uh, they beat Temple by two. Uh, they beat South Florida by three. South Florida is is not that good this year. No. Um, Anyways, my point is is that they've been escaping these really bad football teams. They beat East Carolina by three. They beat Tulsa by nine. I mean, give me Memphis. They beat them by two touchdowns. I'm, I'm there with you. I do not think Cincinnati is a top 25 team. They just haven't played anybody. The only team they played was Ohio State, and they got smashed 42 to nothing. Tell me Phil has Cincinnati. He usually likes Cincy. Um, Phil has nothing. Man. That's a lot. I, I figure he would be all over the Cincy Balls that week. Give me Memphis for a lock. That's my personal lock of the week. Um, Cincinnati, you know, they say your record is, you are what your record says, but Cincinnati's not a 10-1 and football team. I'm sorry. So no action on Black Friday, man. Mm-hmm. I Watch- mean, we're in lo- you and I are in lockstep. We, I mean, we are agreeing on every game, and that's rare. Yeah, so... You know, I may have to make some side bets here. Washington State at Washington. Another rivalry game. Washington's favored by seven. I'll let you talk about this, Mr. Pac-12. <laughs> Washington State, they're going to move the ball. Whether they get it in the end zone or not is going to be the question. Uh, this isn't a typical Chris Peterson team uh, with, with the Huskies. Give me Washington State to cover this one. Washington's favored by seven. Yep. Give me Washington. We got action. You know, as soon as I started hyping up Jacob Eason for Washington, the quarterback. He's kind of just falling off the map. (laughs) (laughs) He has. But I think this is where he's going to turn it around. I love Jacob Eason. And I started hyping him up on this podcast. And I want to personally apologize to Jacob Eason if he's listening out there. I highly doubt he is. No, he's not. But he uh, has a hell of a lot more important things to worry about. But you know, as soon as I started, you know, hyping him up, he kind of just fell off the mat. And I do apologize, but I think he turns it around this week. He can sling it. So we got action. Yep, we got action. Phil's not in on that one. And uh, West Virginia at TCU. West Virginia. We were all saying that Oklahoma State was a uh, lock to cover the spread against West Virginia, and I don't think they did. Did they? I don't think they did. So West Virginia is continuing 
you know, Neil's doing some big things at West Virginia with what he's got. Um, They're traveling down to Texas Christian University this weekend. Twelve and a half point dog, right? Yeah, pretty good defense in TCU. Uh, although they did give get, me the Mountaineers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love to bet against the Mountaineers. Phil's got the Mountaineers as well. So West Virginia missed bowl eligibility. They're four and seven. Meanwhile, TCU is playing for that bowl game. Mm-hmm. I think they have the better defense. Give me TCU to cover the twelve and a half. I think West Virginia is going to have a hard time scoring against this defense. Okay. They've been known to struggle against good defenses. Oklahoma State, while we all thought that was a lock, Oklahoma State, while they're so good on the offensive side of the ball, their defense is crap. So give me TCU. That's where Justin Frente started his uh, big-time coaching career. Previous offensive coordinator at TCU. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Under Gary Patterson, right? Under Gary Patterson. So give me TCU. I like their style, clearly, because that's pretty much the style that the Hokies are seeing on offense, that RPO. All right, so uh, we have action on that? Yeah, we got double paper on that one. I got doubled up there? Yeah. Perfect. I like that bet. I love betting against West Virginia. Although I've been more wrong than right this year, so that does concern me with when it comes to the Mountaineers. Last game on Friday. The Hokies of Virginia Tech. Last game on Friday, but first game on Friday, unfortunately. Yeah, it's crazy that game. this game's at noon. Um but we wanted to talk about it last out of all the Friday games because it has the most on the line. Virginia Tech goes to Charlottesville to play UVA. Virginia Tech has shut out their opponents the last nine quarters. Uh, they've only allowed like 17 points in the last three games. That defense of Virginia Tech is stellar. Ray Trott Ashby, at linebacker, like I said earlier in this podcast, he very well could be in the running for some type of All-American, you know, linebacker placement. He would definitely be first-team All-ACC. Caleb Farley for Virginia Tech on defense. He's shut down every receiver he's faced against. I don't think UVA has a receiver, while I think Joe Reed. Dubois. Yeah, they he's shown some signs. I think this is the best secondary that UVA will see this year. I think this is the best defense they'll see this year as a whole, top to bottom. They, had, they saw a really good defensive front against Notre Dame. That's about the only other game I can compare, you know, the type of defense they're going to see Friday. The only other game that they've faced a defense anywhere near that caliber was Notre Dame. And we all saw what happened. You know, Perkins had how many turnovers against Notre Dame? Like Three. Three or four. And it just turned into a shit show for UVA. So I think they're going to feel overwhelmed against this hokey defense. While I am extremely confident that Virginia Tech will win 16 straight against UVA, I am worried that they can easily lose this game. It came out, the spread came out even. Now Virginia Tech's favor two and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bet on the Hokies because I don't want to jinx them. Mm-hmm. But I would take the Hokies. You may so be able Phil's to talk got, me into taking the Hokies. Phil's got the Hokies. Everything about this game tells me to take Virginia Tech. But you also have to think UVA's due at some point. And is it this year? Is it next year? I I don't know. But give me the Cavaliers. Wow, you want – I think I have to take Virginia Tech because that's (laughs) – that's, I mean, they're the hottest. Phil's got tech too. They're, they're the hottest team in the ACC. Maybe 
you know, one of the hottest teams in college football. But you're right. I mean, Virginia Tech's got to lose sometime or another. And UVA's been playing really well at home. They just, the only thing they got is Bryce Perkins. It's, we have to contain Bryce Perkins. And I said earlier, while I think Dax Hollyfield, our other linebacker who plays the uh, backer position, is a great linebacker. He kind of struggles side to side at times in open field. If Perkins starts to dice us up a little bit, I would put in Alan Tisdale, who's another great linebacker for the Hokies who can play more, um, play that position with a little bit more athleticism. I don't know why I made this bet. There's really no rationale behind it other than trying to catch up a little bit um, because I figured I would get doubled up. I don't think it's one. a bad bet. I, I didn't, by no means, I'm taking Virginia Tech, but I do not think it's a lock. I, you know, UVA is so banged up on defense. Although I think they're getting one of their defensive backs back. Although Bryce Hall is still out for the year, of yeah. course. And he he was going to be at least a top fifteen pick. Yeah, and I just think all they have Perkins is going to have to carry that offense. I think it's going to be a great game. Meanwhile, on the offensive side of the ball for the Hokies, we're just a different team with Hendon Hooker. My only concern is now is there enough tape or film on Hendon Hooker for them to game plan? But the Hokies have so many weapons. It's either the tight ends are getting the ball a lot or the receivers, or is it McLeese? You don't know where the ball is going. And, you know, Hendon Hooker, I don't think he's like a superstar quarterback. He's just the perfect quarterback for that system Mm -hmm. and for those weapons around him. So, um, you know, I'll be there. It will be a good game. Um, A lot on the line. Winner goes to the – I won't talk too much more about this game, but the winner will go to the ACC championship to play Clemson. I think – the Hokies are a more balanced team. We'll give Clemson a little bit better of a fight in that title game. I would agree completely. So not only is the Commonwealth Cup on the line, the ACC Championship's on the line, and here's another thing that's on the line is a potential Orange Bowl bid because the Orange Bowl has a contract, a New Year's Six Bowl. The Orange Bowl has a contract with the ACC that they have to take an ACC team. And if Clemson goes to the as playoff— As long as they're ranked, right? No. Oh, they ranked. have to take them. They have to take them. The— if Clemson goes to college football playoff, that means they have to take another ACC team and they're going to take the next highest ranked team, which will probably be the winner of this game, mm-hmm. UVA, Virginia Tech. So a lot on the line. Um, at least that's what I read. They have to take an ACC team regardless. I mean, every bowl projection I've seen for the Orange Bowl since four weeks ago, it's either been UVA or Tech. Against Alabama? The, uh, no, I've seen Minnesota. I've seen the Orange Bowl taking Minnesota. I've seen Minnesota in the Orange Bowl a lot. I forget, Georgia was another name that threw up in there, but now they're looking like they're a favorite. Notre for the Dame actually could be end up in the Orange Bowl, but could, not taking the ACC spot. They would take that other spot. At-large spot. At the at-large spot. Yeah, the at-large If large Alabama spot. ends up making it into the college football. So this is one of them years where that contract the Orange Bowl made with the ACC, Swafford, the commissioner for the Atlantico Conference, that was a great deal he was able to put together. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, if the Hokies continue to play well and win this game well, then they could be a great Orange Bowl bid. And I think UVA could play well in the Orange Bowl well, too, if they can, you know, solidify a running game. It's going to be um, a hell of a game. It's the, it, it, I cannot wait until noon on Black Friday when I'm sitting here on my ass eating a turkey sandwich. It's going to be great. Yep. It's going to be a great football game. It's good for the Commonwealth. On that note, we'll take a break. Here on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates, and we'll talk about uh, some more games here on – Week 14, the final week of the regular season of the college football year. All right, welcome back to Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. We are going to do a lightning round of five games instead of four. This is the segment of the podcast where we will skim through a series of games and we will 
quickly based on our gut, make a wager. And if anybody wants to take it, we'll take it. Um, so with that being said, we'll alternate who goes with their gut feeling first. And we'll start with you first. Clemson at South Carolina. Clemson's favored by 27 and a half. Phil and I both have Clemson. I got Clemson as well. Uh, the Tigers are – the only other roadblock is maybe the ACC championship. We'll see. Louisville at Kentucky. Louisville improving under Satterfield. They had a big win again last week. Kentucky's favored by two and a half. I will take – is that right? Kentucky's favored? Mm-hmm. Give me Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. I'm definitely taking the underdog there. If it wasn't for Bronco Mendenhall and Justin Frente um, having good years, I think Satterfield could be an argument for ACC Coach of the Year. But, you know, he, he's done a lot yep. for Louisville. Miami at Duke. Miami is favored by nine. Miami just lost to Florida International. Man, that team is so, so talented. Um, I feel like they can beat anybody in the ACC. <laughs> the most can. immature teams I've ever seen. It's crazy how much talent is going to waste there at Miami. But Miami's favored by nine. Meanwhile, Duke is – It's crazy. Ever since that Duke-Virginia Tech game, those two teams have gone in opposite directions. Yep. Give me the Hurricanes. Yeah, give me the Hurricanes. Phil's got nothing. I think the Hurricanes are playing for a bowl game, aren't they? I think so. Um, they are not. They're already bowl eligible. Oh, okay. Duke is already 4-7, and seven, so they're not a lot on the line. I just think Miami comes off pissed off, and I think Duke's in disarray. Oregon State at Oregon. Oregon, after slipping up, is still favored by 19 against the Beavers. Beavers cannot play defense. Nope. Give me Oregon. Give me Oregon. To win by 30. No action there either? Nope. We usually don't get action on these lightning rounds. Uh, Boston College at Pitt. Pitt's favored by nine. Give me Pitt. Pitt. That defense is good for Pitt. I would take the under in that game. I don't know what it is. But <laughs> it doesn't would... matter if it's six. Take the under. Um, so that's all the lightning game. No no action on any of those games. Now we're, that's, Those are all on Saturday. Uh, so let's head into another matchup. We'll go ahead and talk about this big matchup now since it's at the top of the list. Is it an early game? Ohio State, it typically is. Yeah, it's always a noon kick. Ohio State goes to Michigan. Jim Harbaugh looking to get that monkey off his back. He has made some vast improvements since the Wisconsin game, similar to how the Hokies have since Duke. And Michigan is the underdog. Ohio State's favored by eight and a half. I have not seen any weaknesses in Ohio State. The only weakness I saw was last week they had issues holding on to the football. That was it. That was it. And that's an easy fix, right? Yeah, as mean, long as you're not doing it week in and week out, which yeah, they have it been. Right. If it was a trend, sure. kind of like how Michigan had that trend at the beginning of the year where they could not hold on to the football, but yet they corrected it and now look at them. Right. You know, it, part of me wants to say, okay, take Michigan, you know, the whole do theory, if you will, that I that I played with UVA. Um, part of me wants to say Michigan, but intelligently speaking, I could not take Michigan. I think this is a generational type team that Ohio State has. It's it's uh, it's one of the best, and Ohio State's usually good year in year out. And this may be one of the best Ohio State teams I've seen. Chase Young is. One of my favorite players to watch in, in, in a long time. In the last decade, this is the best Ohio State football team I've seen. Penn State did cover last week in that 28-17 to 17 loss, but, I, you know, I just don't think 
eight and a half's enough. Um, give me the Buckeyes. Does, did Phil take his Wolverines? No, he has no action on this one. Yeah. Good luck to you, Phil. You're you know, gonna, it, you're it, it, it is in Ann Arbor. It's in, it's in the big house. You know, uh, I'll pass. I thought about it. it. I thought about it. I'm passing. You sure? All right. I'm, I'm sure. Georgia at Georgia Tech. Even though Georgia Tech's not bowl eligible, even though they, you know, they're going to be a good team in a couple of years. Um, they're playing for their new head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are playing Georgia. Georgia's 28 and a half favorites. It's in Atlanta. Georgia is really, really good defensively. But they are so slow to score. I really want to take Georgia Tech because 28 and a half's a lot. Yep. But if the Hokie defense can shut them out, I imagine the Georgia defense can too. <laughs> if it wasn't for them losing to Virginia Tech 45 to nothing, I would think about taking the 28 and a half because that's a lot. But I'm going to stay away from it. I'm not confident enough to take Georgia either. Give me the Bulldogs to cover this. I'm, I'm going to stay away from it. Did uh, Phil give you action? Nothing. All right, no action. I, I would stay away from it. I wouldn't put any real money on it. Uh, Wisconsin at Minnesota. Wisconsin's favored by three. Minnesota. Big. This is a big football game. Yeah, it is. Big football game. Does Min- uh, Wisconsin have a shot to sneak into the college football playoff if they went out with two losses? <laughs> if they beat losses. Minnesota and they go on and they beat Ohio State? No? No. Okay. I, I mean, part of me says, okay, yeah, you deserve to be there, but... That Illinois loss is that, that kill Illinois them. loss is just not going to do it. Nope. Minnesota, meanwhile, does have a shot at the college football playoff. Everything is in front of them. They're ten and one and seven and one. Their only loss, seven and one in the conference. Their only loss was to Penn State. Uh, they had a, a big win last week, uh, thirty-eight to twenty-two. Not a huge win against Northwestern, um, but I I like Minnesota to cover. To stay within three. Wisconsin's favored by three. I think Minnesota's receivers are going to have a big day. Um, and Wisconsin's a running game. I, th- I think Minnesota's going to get up by a couple of possessions, and they're going to get away from what they're known to do, and that's running the football. So give me Minnesota and those receivers. I'm right. I'm kind of with you. I know, I know for a fact Phil is, but give me the Badgers. Okay, we got action. Look I, for- I think it's going to be – from everything that I heard, I think it's going to be a bad weather day. Uh, the ball is going to be on the ground, um, and not many teams can run it like Wisconsin. Give me the Badgers. Look out for Tyler Johnson, wide receiver for Minnesota. 66 catches, 1,025 yards, 10 touchdowns. He will have a big day to stay within three of the Badgers. Not only stay within three, but to win the game. We got action. Okay, Alabama at Auburn. Man, I want Auburn to win this game. Alabama's favored by three and a half. Two is not playing. I think that is the deciding factor in this. I like Bo Nix to play well at home. And Auburn's not only going to stay within three and a half, Auburn's going to win the game. I think there's Alabama's not used to having pressure. This is probably the most pressure they've ever seen during the regular season of a college football game. Mm-hmm. Um and Auburn's no pushover. They've beaten some good teams this year. I like Auburn to, you know, the 15th-ranked Tigers to beat the 5th-ranked Alabama Tide by a touchdown. Give me Auburn. 
Phil's got Alabama, so there's definitely action. I love it. I'm staying away from this one. 70 degrees, clear day. It's going to be a great game. That game's at 3.30. Man, I'm going to be on the way back from the Tech game. That's a bummer. No, you need to go. Just stop somewhere and watch. Yeah, maybe a good idea. Baylor at Kansas. Baylor's favored by 14 points. I like Baylor to win and go on to the uh, Big 12 championship. Charlie Brewer is a uh, – he he doesn't do that well when defensive defense if teams change up their schemes against him during the game. That's where he struggled against Oklahoma. He had a great first half against Oklahoma, but once that defense starts bringing different blitz packages or switching up their looks, uh, he tends to struggle to adjust with that. But I don't think Kansas defensively right now has that capability to stop Charlie Brewer mid game. Nope. Therefore, I think Charlie Brewer, who has over 27 yards passing this year, 19 touchdowns to just five interceptions, I think he takes care of the football and handles Kansas confidently. Give me Baylor to cover the 14 with ease. They win by three touchdowns. I agree. So does Phil. Man. All right. You want to talk about your uh, – before we take a break, you want to talk about your Irish. They go on the road to Stanford. What's on the line here for Notre Dame? What are they playing for? For postseason. Is a New Year's Six in the line for them? Uh, possibly. They're going to need some help for a New Year's Six bowl game. Um, but you finish the season 10-2 and two with their schedule. Y- you know, they've shown some improvement throughout the year. Uh, the, one, the one thing that I've been very happy with is, is frankly speaking, the, uh, the defense. The defense is, you know, we, we always touch on, you know, the front – the front seven of Notre Dame, but really their secondary is also really, really good. Uh, They get a little handsy at times, but other than that, I mean, fantastic defense. Ian Book is just, I don't know what happened with him. They can't run the ball. Notre Dame cannot run the ball with the running backs. They are extremely hampered with the talent at the running back position at this point. They're going to get some help next year. Um, with some guys coming in, or really one guy, Chris Tyree, uh, the number one running back in the country, uh, coming out next year. So, uh, you know, he's going to be a little bit of a jump start. I think Sebo Flemister and Jameer Smith uh, combined, uh, that three-headed monster. I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well next year, but um, Ian Book's just on fire at this point. Give me my fighting irons to cover the 16-and-a-half. Yeah, Stanford. At Stanford. But listen to this crazy-ass stat. Brian Kelly has never won on the farm in Stanford. That is crazy. I think this is the year he does it. Stanford's four and a seven. Well, Notre Dame does have issues running the ball at times. I think in-book will have a good day. Stanford's defense is not very good. They have allowed 428.9 yards a game, uh, and they've kind of allowed those yards to come from every which way. They, they allow over almost 150 yards rushing a game. They allow over 280 yards passing a game. So they don't really have an identity on defense. And I think the only way you're going to beat Notre Dame is if you capitalize on their lack of running game and then are able to shut down in book and um, force him to stay within the pocket. And I don't think Stanford has those capabilities Kind of like what Virginia Tech did. Virginia Tech handled Notre Dame's offense pretty well on the defense side of the ball. I don't think Stanford has that capability. Meanwhile, I think Notre Dame is what they are on defense. They're really, really good. So if you're going to stop Notre Dame, it needs to be on the defense side of the ball. I don't think Stanford has that capability. The only way Stanford ends up 
covering this game is turnovers by Notre Dame's offense and something happening on special teams. I do not see that happening. I think Notre Dame covers easily, wins by 24. Yeah, and Stanford's not playing for anything. They're 4-7. and seven. They're not bowl eligible. Meanwhile, Notre Dame, I do think, could make an argument for a New Year's Six Bowl if they win big here. So, no action. We both like Notre Dame. Actually, we all three do. All Phil, three of us. Yeah. We all like them to cover the uh, 16 and a half, which is a good bit. But anyways, we will take a quick break and we'll wrap up this final week of the regular season in college football here in Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. We're back here at Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. To wrap up, rivalry week. I always have a hard time saying that. Rivalry week. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, here on Cover 3U, and let's try to get some action. Not a lot of action going on. We said in the break, ever since we were wasted when we started this podcast, we've become way more conservative with our bets. I think we all need to get together and drink for a day before we do our next one. But uh, we'll continue with... At least a, a requirement to have a six-pack before we start. Something. Like something. In the state of Tennessee, we have a big rival, Vanderbilt. Poor little Vanderbilt going against poor little Tennessee. <laughs> Although Tennessee has somehow become bowl eligible. Um, is that right? They're already bowl eligible after that. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That, that, that is a hell of a that's turnaround. That's a, tur- that's a good turnaround. I think this is the year of turnarounds. You've seen Michigan turn it around. The Hokies turn it around. Even though it's not like a substantial turnaround, that's a pretty good turnaround to go from losing to Georgia Southern and to BYU and now being bowl eligible at 6-5. and five. They take on Vanderbilt this week, and they're favored by 21. Is it that big of a turnaround to be now favored by 21? I know Vanderbilt's garbage. Phil has Tennessee. What do you think? I think 21's a lot. Um, you know, Tennessee beat Missouri last week 24-20. to 20. Kentucky 17-13, and they beat UAB 30-7. to 7. I remember that UAB spread was like 20-something, and I took UAB to cover the spread, and they didn't. I don't want to make that same mistake. If it was 24, I may take Tennessee. Or, or Vanderbilt, you mean? Yeah, I would take Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt's 3-8. and eight. They Did you know they lost to East Tennessee State last week, 38 to nothing? Vanderbilt beat East Tennessee State. Oh, I'm sorry. State. They yeah. beat him. All right, I was about to say, holy shit. <laughs> they lost to Florida 56 to nothing. Yeah. But Tennessee's not Florida. I don't know. 21 is a lot. It I don't, I don't lot. know what to think of this game. I think Tennessee. I put it, I, the only reason I put this on the list is that I knew it would drum up at least a conversation. A Give me the Vols. Phil's got the Vols as well. Do I'm, you want Vandy? Fuck no. All right. <laughs> it didn't drum up as much conversation <laughs> as you thought. Texas A&M at LSU, who slipped to two in the standings. Which I agree with. Mm-hmm. I think it's Ohio State, LSU all day. Um, and I think you're going to see that one and two spot be switched around a couple more times before it's all said and done. Give me LSU to beat Texas A&M by 17. The spread is 16 and a half. I don't think that's a huge confident bet, but I think, I think it, it happens. Man, I wish I had a little and, and, bit. And, and Texas A&M, remember how I said how big of a game, it, how important it is for Jimbo to have a marquee win? Oh, yeah. I mean, he hasn't had one yet. And he hasn't had one. We all talked about how it could have been against Georgia based on that slow offense, and they didn't get it, but they did cover. I think they, what, did they lose by three? Mm-hmm. 
Or six. Six, yeah, 16-10. So Texas A&M is in need of a marquee win. Um, what time is this game? This game is at 7 o'clock. It's a night game. I like night to t- ga- Night game in LSU. Give me the Tigers. Oh, man. What does Phil have? Nobody? No one. No action. But, yeah, I, you know, if you took Texas A&M, I wouldn't hate it. I think it would be a good bet. I, I, I think Texas A&M needs a marquee win. They, they, they kept it within 17 against Clemson, didn't they? Um, possibly, yeah. I think, I think they did. that spread was like 14, and then Clemson scored late. Yeah, they were. The spread was like thirteen or ten or something. And, it was fourteen, and they won by fourteen. So and and Clemson scored late to cover there. Or so, no, Texas A and M scored late. It was twenty. Yeah, that's to what three. it was. Yeah, that's it was what it was. To three. It was Texas A and M covered. Yep. It was a backdoor cover. So they're capable of doing that. And you're looking at sixteen and a half. If this game weren't at night in Death Valley. I would take Texas A&M, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep it below. I was hoping you would bite, but I look, I think it would be a good A bet. for effort. Uh, Iowa State at Kansas State. Can Skyler do it for the Wildcats? Ever since that big win, that you know, Kansas State's kind of been trending backwards. Kind of makes you wonder about Oklahoma. But, you know, they take on Iowa State. This is a good game. Yeah, uh, Four and a half point spread. Uh, Iowa State's the favorite. Who do you got? It's at Kansas State. Another 7 p.m. kick. Brock Purdy is doing big things for Iowa State. He's now eclipsed the 3,500-yard mark in passing with 26 touchdowns. They're both 7-4. and four. This is a great game. Give me Iowa State to win by a touchdown. I agree. Oh, so does God. Phil. Jeez Louise. Man, we don't all agree a lot, but no, here we, we are. we usually don't agree on – uh, how, about this one? how about this one? How about this one? How about this one? North Carolina at NC State. Uh, North Carolina is playing for a bowl game. Uh, big, Give me the Tar Heels. Big rival game. North Carolina is playing for a bowl game. They're 5-6. and six. NC State is like Duke. They're just on a – I don't know if they can beat anybody. They're on a downward spiral. I think this game Nine is Nine points is not enough. No. Give me the Tar Heels as well. Yeah, I, I mean – there's not anything really to bet on. Yeah. I don't know. Here's a big spread. So we're not getting a lot of action on this podcast. So I have to apologize to our listeners. It's okay. I mean, we're still giving thoughts. Colorado at Utah, big spread here, 28 and a half. Who do you got? Now, Colorado just beat Washington pretty easily. I think they won by two possessions. Um. Colorado has shown signs of being a good football team. They're playing for a bowl game. Uh, it's a 28-and-a-half spread. It is at Utah. I do like what Steven Montez is doing at Colorado, the quarterback. He has over 2,600 yards passing. If you've ever watched him play, I've watched a couple of Colorado games. Mm-hmm. He reminds me, uh, who was the quarterback for Penn State last year? Oh, uh, Trace McSorley. He kind of reminds me of Trace Trace McSorley. Not as good, but I'll take Utah, though, to cover the 28 and a half. (laughs) I like how you fucking tried to sell that to me, you son of a gun. (laughs) Give me Utah. No action? No action. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's favored by 13 and a half. Give me the Cowboys. (laughs) 
I look. I've taken the Cowboys multiple weeks. I took them against West Virginia. They don't have the defense. I took them against somebody else. They haven't covered. I love that offense. What is the over under on this? Can you can you find? No, that? I can't find the over under. Okay. Oh, there it is. Sixty nine and a half. Sheesh. Yeah, that's about right. It's gonna I'd be take the, the over. <laughs> I would take the over in a heartbeat. Give me the Cowboys. Give, Give me, me Hubbard. the Cowboys. Give me Spencer at quarterback and Hubbard at running back. Man, what about Phil? Did he take him? What's that? Did he take Oklahoma? I don't think Oklahoma. He, he doesn't have any action on this. All right, final game. Maybe we'll sneak in a lot. Not a lot of action. I see like four bets at most for each person on that sheet. Yeah, it's pathetic. Florida State at Florida. Florida State seems to be playing for their interim coach there. Florida's favored by 17 and a half. Is that enough? Give me the Gators. This is going to be an absolute beatdown. Phil yeah. has the Gators as well. It's at the Swamp. Sorry, listeners. You're not going to get action. <laughs> oh, come on. Nah. It, they're really playing for that guy. Nah. Let's, let's wrap it up. <laughs> not a big week in here at the Cover 3U podcast. I do like how Florida State's playing for their interim coach. They, they're a lot better than they were when, um, when Willie Taggart was there, I think. They've been playing better football. It, they at least look like they Florida. understand the rules of the game. <laughs> but Florida's, Florida's Florida. So they're probably – it's funny. Florida, you know, they're not going to be in the SEC championship or the playoff, but they're a good team. Um, so that does it. You get the two-minute drill, my friend. So why don't, you, why don't you wrap it up for us? What do you want to talk about? Well, let's just kind of open it up to the whole coaching carousel and, and, po- and some of the jobs that might end up opening up and possible fits, right? Do you think James Franklin is going to be the next coach of Florida State? I can see him taking that job. He's a good fit for that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a recruiter. He's a player's coach. Do you really need that much help recruiting at Florida State, though? No, you don't. That's the thing. Like, he, I don't know if he's a, the best X's and O's guy. I don't think it would be a great hire for Florida State. He, if, he, if he takes that job, he's going to have to hire a good supporting coaching staff around him which I don't know if he's capable of doing because he's not a good X's and O's guys, but I don't know. He has the personality for that job, I think. Right. You may not need that personality at Florida State, but Florida State doesn't see it that way. That's right. why they struggle to hire somebody that's the right fit, but they look for – they're hiring people that – I don't know. But really, Taggart, was he a good – was really Taggart a good coach to begin with? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He wasn't – he didn't – I think it was he more didn't of a have a, Did he have a strength at any point, anywhere? I mean, I don't know. So I guess when he was at Central Florida, I guess he did all right. But I, I got another one for you. Is Clay Helton going to be the next coach at USC, as in next year? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think it, USC's improving. It, that's what I mean. Like, USC's kind of trending in the right direction. I think they're playing for the guy. Could he be back? Possibly. I if think not, if not, who would be the next coach at USC? I think they would be dumb not to keep him. I, I would agree. So I, I would completely agree. But if they fire him, who would be a good fit at USC? Uh, Pete Carroll. <laughs> he can come in there and uh, bring him back. Ha- have some more allegations coming against him. Bring but him anyway, back. Um, there was a little rumor that Arkansas was going after Justin Fuente. It's funny how Tech fans are calling for Justin Fuente's head after four games, and now he's being apparently contacted by Arkansas. I don't think there's a lot of – I think it's a rumor, but you'd be dumb. That is a tough, tough job. job. High expectations, hard place to win in a tough conference mm-hmm. with very – I don't know why they have such high expectations at Arkansas, but I would never I, take I mean, that they job. almost need to take the Baylor approach where you hire – like a Matt Rule or someone like that, 
and give him ten year contract and say, okay, this is your baby for ten years, and that's that. Just leave it at yeah. that. But give me one more. Any other ones? Let's see. Who will be the next coach? Well, let me pivot. How long does Tom Herman have at Texas? Um, I don't know. Ever since old what's his face got ever since Charlie that, Charlie Strong. No, ever since the Ohio State debacle with their receivers coach, what's that guy's name? Who beat it as oh beat his Zach wife. Smith. Yeah, he's throwing out an allegation against Tim Herman back when he was at Ohio State. Yeah. He's throwing out a different rumor on Twitter every other week. That guy is crazy. The stuff he's putting out about Tom Herman. He's not someone you want dating your daughter. Whether it's true or not, <laughs> which I think there may be a, a little bit of truth in some of the th- allegations he's throwing at Tom Herman. I think I just think it might be exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, okay. s- significantly. Okay. Regardless, it's out there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they worked together at Ohio State for a long time, Zach Smith and, and Tom Herman. So there has to be a little bit of truth to it, but it's a problem for Tent Herman. That with a long, uh, along with the pressure to win at Texas, I think it could be a recipe for disaster if he doesn't turn it on quick. Um, I don't think it's right, but I don't know. If I was Texas, I would give him another three, four years to f- write in the ship, but that's just how I am. A lot of programs aren't like me. Right. So you give him about three or four more. I, I would give him probably two. I'd give him three. Mm-hmm. I'd give him th- year three, three year, the third season from now, he needs to be in a New Year Six or competing for a, or winning Big 12 championships. Yeah. Um, Last last one for you, and then we're going to end this thing. Is Lincoln Riley going to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year? No. He stays in Oklahoma. He would be dumb to take that job. I would agree. If I was Lincoln, I wouldn't go, but who knows what Lincoln's thinking. Yeah. That should do it here on Cover 3. You, you're our winner last week, so we'll uh, end on the Notre Dame uh, fight song. We'll see you next week. Go Hokies. And uh, big game this week for them. Enjoy yourself this weekend. And I will. And – We'll talk about some conference championships next week. Sounds like a plan. Here on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates.